There are these computer games I really like. <clears throat> the object in them is to um, do something like clear a road or build a castle, and there are lots of tasks that you have to do along the way. Like you're gonna have to um, build a sawmill and a quarry, and you're gonna have to build up your headquarters so there's room for more workers, and um, you need to know which of those things to do in what order and how much to upgrade them so as to make the best use of your resources, foremost among them your time. There's bonuses you can collect, but you can't collect them all, so you have to decide which ones are worth getting and which ones are just kind of a waste of your resources. If you complete the tasks quickly and in the right order, you can finish before night falls on your screen. For this reason, this type of game is called a time management game. The fact that I have spent hundreds, possibly more than a thousand hours of my life at an endeavor called time management is an irony that is not lost on me. For this and other reasons, I am nobody's idea of a time management guru. I procrastinate. I write lists of must-do tasks that then stare at me reproachfully while I do other more enjoyable ones. My sins against the good principles of time management could go on for a very long time. However, I think this gives me something of a good vantage point for you. With my nose pressed up against the glass of that exhibit of people with good time management skills, I notice some things that maybe can help you. And I want you to know that in this sermon, I am not going to say, don't have fun, don't do trivial things, don't make yourself more efficient. These are all great. They're very important. Sarah has reminded us that doing things um, that are supposedly unimportant, like entertainment, is important. And accomplishing things efficiently makes us feel fabulous. All of that's true. So let's look at this big rocks idea. Maybe not new to you. It's a helpful one if you haven't encountered it before, and if you have, it's probably a good refresher. I don't know if Stephen Covey, who we saw in our reading there, reading, was the first person to use this image, but I like his version. Many other versions have morals that I think miss the point and misuse this metaphor. For example, sometimes they emphasize the idea that when you think you've filled your time, you can still squeeze something in. The, uh, the demonstrator will put rocks in and then gravel and then you say, is it full? And the audience says, yes, it's full. And then the demonstrator pours in sand. Look at that, it still fits. Is it full now? Yeah, it's full. No, you can pour water in. They seem to be saying, cram more in, cram in more, more, more. That's the thing you should do. I don't think that's the right moral. Sometimes they suggest that if you just prioritize, you can do anything. In fact, that is a direct quote from one such video, that there is nothing you can't do. I don't think that's such a good moral to take away either. 
they don't really prioritize space. The need for time when we do nothing, when we lie fallow like a field that has produced so much in the last year that it just needs to rest and recover. That could be one of your big rocks, of course, um, time to rest. Um, that would maybe be a good way to approach that need for space. And oftentimes, those who are quoting the big rocks metaphor are gearing their minds and ours entirely toward making us more efficient workers. Stephen Covey, in contrast, is guided by deep spiritual and moral values, and he encourages us to include things like service and relationships and a spiritual life along with work among our big rocks. But even the version that we just saw, I think presents some problems. It suggests that it will all fit if you just do it in the right order or if you make sure to do the important things, give the important things their time. All the rocks always fit. There's not any left there on the table. Even all the tiny gravel fits. Is this your experience? It's not mine, even when I'm really managing my time well. And if we're constantly told that if we just managed our time better, if we worked smarter, not harder, if we put the big rocks in first, then we'd be able to fit at least all the big rocks, maybe even all the gravel, then we're really stuck on that hamster wheel. We're blaming ourselves if we can't catch up because everything is saying you can catch up if you just do things right. Everything about productivity culture will tell us that we can fit in everything important if we just arrange our time right. Even as our work days get longer and longer for the same compensation. Even as our school days lengthen. They were six hours one generation ago. From my school day to my daughter's, the day has lengthened by 80 minutes, a 22% increase. Even as a living wage is out of reach for most people in the world and many in this country, unless they are spending almost every daylight hour at toil, and sometimes even then. Even as the minimum wage falls in real money year after year, and it takes decades of fighting over legislation just to restore it to what it was before we started the fight. It's just not right to tell people that all they need to do is prioritize. But I told you I'd tell you how to fit it all in. So here's the moment where the secret is revealed. Are you ready? The secret is you can't. It doesn't all fit. The things that are important, they don't all fit in the 24 hours in a day. 
They don't all fit in the 4,000 weeks during which we draw breath if we have a typical American lifespan. To quote Oliver Berkman, whose newest book is called that, 4,000 weeks time management for mortals, the day will never arrive when you finally have everything under control, when the flood of emails has been contained, when your to-do lists have stopped getting longer, when you're meeting all your obligations at work and in your home life, when nobody's angry with you for missing a deadline or dropping the ball, and when the fully optimized person you've become can turn at long last to the things life is really supposed to be about. Not only will we not fit in all the small things that we might like to do, I doubt very much we can fit in all the big things. Maybe some people have a smaller pile of big things than I do. I don't know, but let's try this. Let's take a little moment here. And in this silence, I want you to reflect on a day you can recall that felt really good because you did not end with a nagging sense of important things left undone. One of those days that you look back and you say, that was a good day. I really did the things that, that were most important to me and, uh, and I rest easy. Let's think about that for a moment. See if you can remember what, what you did that day and, and why you felt that way. Now, if you can't think of one, that speaks for itself. If you can, hey, that's a, that's a great moment to jot down. What did you do? What were the most important things in your life? Maybe those are the elements you want to be in many, many days. And also, may I ask this? Did all of your big rocks fit into that day? Because here's an, an example for me. Last Sunday, it was a lovely day. I took a long walk. I got as much exercise as I need for a healthy body. I came to church and I had a couple hours with you all. I spent several happy hours with my family. I played the piano. I made some art. I read. I got enough sleep. No unimportant things cluttered up the day. And I ended it with no regrets. A good day. But did everything fit? No. One of the relationship categories on, on my calendar is friends and family. But I didn't talk to any friends and family that day except for my wife and daughter. Not my mom or dad or sister or any friends. And um, I was reminded the next day by one of the people I live with that I hadn't done the dishes that were sitting there waiting for me. It was my job that day, and hmm, I somehow just missed those. That was an important thing that I didn't get to. And another of the categories that I put there on, in my planner is, uh, a as a reminder, is citizen. And I, I didn't do anything much as a citizen of a wider community last Sunday. I didn't write postcards to voters or call an official. 
For that matter, it wasn't even a day that I worked that much, just a few hours, which is far short of the average daily number, which, if I'm honest, is why everything else fit. So maybe this is a little bit of an unfair question. It's not like you have to fit everything in every day, right? It's, it's kind of like good nutrition. It's okay to go a whole day without getting your US recommended daily allowance of vitamin D, just so long as you don't let it go day after day. <clears throat> okay. So, um, you know, maybe our most important priorities can be met over the course of several days, say. But still, I don't think it's that simple. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of conversations I've had here at this turning of the school year with some new college students who see that menu of possibilities, the course catalog, hundreds of possibilities for them over just the next four years. And after recovering from from giddiness and then a sense of being overwhelmed, they have to accept that of this marvelous menu of options, they are going to choose 30 to 40 of them. That's all. That's all that fits in four years. Maybe you feel the same about careers. Is there a dream career about which you occasionally think, if I had another lifetime, I'd try that. Because this is a thought that can occur to us even if we are living a dream career. A very satisfied middle manager may think, but it would also have been wonderful to be a child psychologist. You know, he, he put that big rock in place, but there are others still left on the table. A teacher who has spent as much of her spare time outdoors as possible might think that if only she had another few decades, she would love to have a profession that took her into nature all day, like marine biology or working for a park service. And this is not even to mention the majority of workers who don't have the luxury of choosing a job. A dream job is beyond their wildest dreams. They just do whatever it is to hand that will let them survive. You just can't always fit in everything. No matter how much we prioritize, not everything worthwhile will fit. So we have to do more than prioritize among the rocks we have assembled. We have to take time to reflect on which rocks do we want to have on the table to begin with? What isn't even there that maybe we want to have there? This is a little scary because if we add a rock, we know something else is going to have to move aside or not go into the bucket at all. But look, this is a thought experiment. We're just experimenting here. We're not committed to anything. We're just considering. So consider with me. If you had all the time you needed, what is one thing that you would do that you're not doing right now? or not doing very much. If you could set aside that gut response, I just can't get around to that right now. If you could set that aside, what would you most want to do this year, this month, tomorrow?
if we don't take the time to ask that question and heed its answer, then we're like me playing a time management game. We collect the right bonuses and leave the ones we don't need and we do the important things first, like building the sawmill and upgrading the quarry. And by working smarter, not harder, we get three stars for completing it all and on time. And at the end, we have played a video game. We don't want our lives to be like that. To come to the end and reflect and say, oh, I never thought about what big rock really, really needed to be at the center. And the dominant conversation about time in our culture, it's not going to help us with this reflection. It steers us toward that video game. It's about productivity and planning and efficiency and fitting things in like a carefully interlocked puzzle. And while those processes have their place, they, they are important. They are so dominant in our way of thinking of time that we hardly know another way. In the wide universe of ways that we could think about our time as the lucky mortals, the lucky clusters of matter who have been granted a human life on this earth. These other ways of thinking about time have worn a rut, and it's hard to get out of a rut. Can we pause? Can we realize we're being steered a certain way and ask the question, what is really most important to me? What is really most important? Not the top priority of the options presented, but maybe another option altogether. Now, this isn't something that can be realigned in a few seconds of silence like I just gave you. We all need more time and space to ask ourselves that question and, and ask it again and again at various times of our lives. So I hope that that question will stay with you. Most of all, I'd like to leave you with the questions that the poet Mary Oliver asks here, especially at the end of this poem for a summer day, the summer day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and flies away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel in the grass, how to be idle and blessed.
how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last? And too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? <laughs>